Welcome to Chaos and Dragons Season 1, Episode 1, The Bridegroom Prince, an improv parody campaign set in the land of Gilder with a Y. Of course, it's with a Y. Chaos and Dragons is a Tafari production, or thoughts from a recovering insomniac for long. I am Ben, the recovering insomniac in question. Oh, and I'm Derek. I sleep normal. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Derek, my partner in Chaos for this and several other ventures. We met in college for one school year, and despite never living in the same place, kind of just been better and better friends since. We should uh, really try living in the same place again sometime, though. That's definitely on you, not on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, we're here to present to you this Dungeons & Dragons live play podcast. So, you know, if you don't like what we're doing, don't give us a good rating so others can find us. Don't subscribe. And by all means, don't tell anyone about us via word of mouth. That's just the last thing you want to do if you don't like us. But if you do end up liking us or what we do, we want to invite you on this journey. Anything you want to add, Derek, before we dive in? I mean, they're obviously going to like me, so I'm not worried. <laughs> All right, then. Well, let me set the scene. Derek, you're taking a sick day in your house and one of your Iraqi relatives of indeterminate relation, known simply as Uncle Grandpa, walks in. Hey, how's the sick boy? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Grandpa? Okay. Um, uh, you always say Oh, that. you know, <coughs> totally super sick. <coughs> yeah. You know why I'm here? Uh, to check on how sick I really am. <coughs> Cough. No, I'm here to read you this book like I used to read to your father when he was sick. And now I'm going to read it to you. Yeah, when he was a kid. Gr- Grandpa, I'm, I'm in my 20s. <laughs> yeah, well, I got nothing better to do. So shut up and listen. Well, I have something better to do. Is this any good? <laughs> Are you kidding? It's got archery, true love. Clever banter, stupid world-building jokes, those same three NPCs the DM puts in every one of his frickin' worlds. It's got everything. All right, I guess I'm game. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed. Normally I'd stick a millennial joke in here, but it's too early in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Just read the book. (laughs) All right, all right. The Bridegroom Prince by Tafari. That's a dumb name. (laughs) once upon a time in the kingdom of gilda gilda with a y mind you legally distinct (laughs) yes i have committed to this voice for the entire campaign there was a young count who lived in the northern coastal city of MacGuffin. his parents died when he was a kid so he lived on the python family estate along with his butler wooster and wooster's family wooster was appointed dean until the young count came of age and as such kept the estate well-maintained, despite the dwindling family fortune. Marnie, the young count, was more concerned with other matters. You see, in Gilda, a noble cannot marry a commoner. And Marnie's childhood best friend, and now the love of his life, was indeed a commoner. Caramel, or Carmel, people's opinions are somewhat split as to the nature of how many syllables should be pronounced when saying her name, was an Jewish girl who worked down by the docks where her poor family lived. When they were old enough to know better, they realized the dreams of getting married could only happen if Caramel became a noble. For while the Python family fortune was not enough to buy a noble's title, Wooster had grown so talented at stretching the money that it would be many years before Monty became poor enough to be stripped of his title. So, a year ago to the day, Caramel left MacGuffin on board a mercenary ship as the chief cook. Knowing that within seven years of being with the Galley Cook Guild on such a vessel, she would be able to buy a title of her own. 
Sadly, this vessel's travels, my God, this is a long intro, <laughs> did not allow Caramel to write, why do I do this to myself, to write or visit with any regularity. And as such, Monty had not heard from her since the day she departed those docks. In her absence, Monty became well regarded as the most beautiful man in all of Gilda in an incident that will not be covered in this campaign and caught the eye of the crown princess, Myra, who as the law of the land stated, could choose a suitor from any non-betrothed single who bore noble status. There being nothing Monty could do, he left his hometown behind and basically toured the country as Princess Myra showed him off as her newly betrothed and beautiful bridegroom prince. Roll credits. After many months of travel, Monty found himself at the last stop of their engagement journey, his hometown in northeastern Gilda. Our story finds him sleepless in the middle of the night, staying at the inn, Sighting incident the night before they had, <laughs> they head back <laughs> to the capital <laughs> of Gilder in order to prepare for the wedding. All right, so my friend, my good, in unknown, I think you're my grandson, and you, sick boy, you are. Uh, this is like a choose your own adventure book where you get to make some decisions for Monty, and then I will make some other decisions, and we'll go there. So, um, yeah. I was I was going to describe my DM style here, but I think the fact that I've committed to <laughs> this voice tells you everything that you need to know. When I was practicing for this voice, I used it so much. My girlfriend was startled when I used my, my actual voice. <laughs> she, yeah, anyway. Uh, I need a life. Uh, the other thing you should know is that Monty is a class that I created. Specifically for Derek and people who like to play the Flynn Riders and the Han Solos of the world. Basically, it's a hybrid between Bard and Rogue. It's made for people who like really want to play Rogues, but want to multi-class in Bard long enough to get vicious mockery and biting words. And so I just made this class, which is almost completely a hybrid. Anyway, so you're in this room. There's a queen-size bed with fancy curtains. Whoa, whoa, queen? Queen-size bed? Yeah, because you're a queen. Oh, that's Look, fair. That's fair. Up, Uncle, Uncle Grandpa Marlon Brando. All right. <laughs> the room is themed light blue. There are 18 pillows on the bed. There's also a wash basin and a full-length mirror. Two closets and a large wardrobe full of all of the clothes that Myra bought for you. You know that she's in the room next to you, but for whatever reason, you guys don't stay in the same room. Plot convenience. Uh, and you're sleepless in the middle of the night. You can now go to session 1.2, the handout. You have a choice to make. You think that returning to one of your favorite hangouts as a child will help alleviate this sleepless feeling. And so you decide to sneak off. But before you make the first roll of the campaign, as a stealth check to sneak out the window, I need you to choose Demani and Caramel hang out at the Red Herring Bay or at the Mc old MacGuffin Mansion. Um, as kids, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the bay because it makes sense. Um, okay. also are, are you keeping up this Godfather voice the entire campaign? <laughs> no, no. The Godfather voice is a different NPC. <laughs> this is uncle grandpa who's this, narrating this story. This is basically Marlon Brando. This is 100%. <laughs> no, you'll meet the character that's like this later on. Oh God. I am different. I am uncle grandpa. <laughs> so shut up, Derek. And just 
You absolute refrigerator. Just choose Red Herring Bay or Old MacGuffin Mansion. Oh, Red Herring Bay. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah, you said that. I'm just a little senile. All right. Do you want to slip out the door or slip out the window? Uh, well, first, I'm going to have to check myself out in the mirror because uh, if I'm, you know, the most attractive person in the room, that's what has to happen in every in every movie. So I'm going to first do that and whew, 10 out of 10. All right. I'm going to stay out dark window. and you are a human and you do not have dark vision. But you assume that you look like you did the last time you looked at yourself, which is begrudgingly incredibly attractive. That's right, it is. I'm sneaking out I the window. Not, I should not have given you that character's that. <laughs> All right. Sorry, make a stealth check to avoid detection from Princess Myra, the high elf in the other room. We will learn more about her later, I suppose. 21. Hey, all right, you've done this many times. It reminds you of sneaking out of your um, room back at your family's estate. And so you get out and you walk through the quiet night streets of MacGuffin and you head over to the docks beneath Red Herring Bay. You know that these docks are crazy and there's a maze underneath them that only you and Caramel know how to do. And you remember that you guys had a secret hideout in the middle of it. And as you get there... There's a sea on one side of you, and it's pretty and calm and serene, and you can hear the waves crashing in the background, and you smell that familiar smell of the sea and salt and seagull poop, and you get there, and it's just like you remembered it, and so it's a maze, so I need you to roll, like, history to see how well you remember how to get... Oh, history, that's convenient, yeah. because I have proficiency. Yeah, this is gonna be, this is gonna be in stages... Oh gonna, my gosh. There's three stages to get there. So roll history to remember how Five. to get to the first stage. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is, this is better than I could have ever hoped for. How could the first roll be so good, but the I second roll be so bad? My friend, you rolled a five. <laughs> All right, please roll the first chaos die. Oh, for the, of the campaign. Oh, gosh, I hate these. <sighs> 13. Oh, wow. Lucky number 13. I am quaking in my custom baby seal <laughs> leather boots. Hey, I get that reference. All right. So as you're walking underneath the docks, suddenly you trip over a tripwire that you were not suspecting. And what? you remember, oh, yeah, me and Caramel, we totally booby trapped this entire place <laughs> as kids. And suddenly, a panel opens from a nearby uh, post. A spray sprays out on you, and it makes you cough, and you're like, uh, 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 but you keep going, and with that low of a history roll, you don't even remember what it does. You will find out later. Um, All right, roll another <laughs> history check. Okay, well, since I was just sprayed, I think I'm going to go back and wash off in the ocean. <laughs> As you go back to the ocean, make a perception check. Oh, goody. 17. You notice that there are a bunch of spiders of alarming size trailing behind you and coming out of the woodwork. And you remember that the spray is a type of spider bait. Why would I do this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> well, back in the day, you remembered how to get there without triggering any of the traps. Oh, this life of luxury has ruined me. I'm going to rinse off in the, in the ocean. All right. Are you going to run there to try and out 
race the spiders. How fast can spiders run? <laughs> oh, these are fast spiders. Oh my gosh. They're coming from everywhere, not just behind you. It's just the noticeable gathering of them is from behind you because they're not able to predict your moments. You know, it's 2020, so I'm expecting these to actually be real. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run. <laughs> okay, you are able to outrun the spiders and you are able to wash off. Make a performance. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a flashback in your mind and you see a young version of yourself and a young version of Caramel and she's quite the inventor and so you remember testing it out and she sprayed it on you and then the spiders bit you and you have like a bunch of rashes but she showed you how to wash off specifically using the seawater and so you're okay. All right, you head back. Man. And you go through another one. Thinking about us. Oof, we were gorgeous. All right. All right. And you go through a next place. Uh, are you going to do anything as you continue to walk under the docks? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna try and very Since I had that one memory, I think I'm going to try very, very hard to remember again <laughs> this space. All right. Roll another history check. But I got to warn you, you're trying to solve the same problem with the same check. It's going to be a higher DC. Well, does a 21 clear? <laughs> it does not. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to die. <laughs> you're sitting there and you're trying to remember and you're going through... You go back by the spider bait, and it's not there anymore, so you know you're safe that far. And then, suddenly, it's not a trip wire, but it's a pressure plate, and you hear and a bunch of marbles fall on your head. What? Jeez. Freaking Kevin McAllister make this thing? <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to try and step away from the marbles, because I don't want to, I don't know, they're probably filled with, like, iron or something. All right, make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, this is where I'm good. Okay, this is where I got my... This is where I got my good. 22. <laughs> All right. You are able to successfully get out of the slippery marbles, which you remember she developed specifically to make people fall on sand. It doesn't make much sense, but she's quite an inventor. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> is this Doc <laughs> Brown just... that I'm trying to find? <laughs> what? I said, is this yeah, Doc yeah, Brown? Yeah. Well, since you were underneath the dock, I was like, yes, the, the docks are brown because they're made of wood. <laughs> Absolute refrigerator. <laughs> All right, continuing on. You know that there's only one section of, of dock left before you get to your hideout. Okay, I'm going to... I'm standing on sand, right? Yeah, the sand. Okay, I'm going to pick up a, a fistful of sand and I'm going to try and throw sand into the into the the room in case there's a trap it'll set the trap off all right roll another chaos die what to see what the <laughs> trap is oh gosh i mean i could do it i did it for the last one i'll do it for this one 10 i just wanted you to roll the first one. Oh. okay i rolled a five would you like a five or a ten well since the chaos die is not like a normal die i'm gonna let's just go with 10 it's a nice round number all right nothing happens whenever you throw the sand in front of you in this little maze-like area underneath the docks. Oh, so despite my 16 intelligence, I now can assume there's no traps in here. I'm going to stride on through. All right. As you walk through, <laughs> make a dexterity saving throw. That sounds about right. <laughs> uh, 18. All right. You take half damage as a tree branch that was pulled back comes out of nowhere and smacks you in the face. You get a flashback of you and Caramel tying it behind and you're trying to convince her that it's a great idea. And she's like, no, there's no way that this... I'm oh, sorry, her voice. Um, there's no way that anyone will ever fall for this. 
It's her as a kid. And you, you tried to convince her, no, no, 100% people are dumb enough to fall for this. <laughs> and 100% they are. <laughs> so take half of eight points of bludgeoning damage. That's trash. It's four, but... I know how to do math, thanks. <laughs> All right, so you get into your little secret hideout. And as you get in, so you're in the docks underneath the Red Herring Bay, and you go into this the final place, and you know this is where you guys hit all your stuff. And sure enough, there's a bunch of chests, and you see in your mind, each chest has a different thing in it that represents all of your adventures together and your greatest escapades with Caramel as children. And you go over to your the, the box that's just, it's the, it's the paramount of you guys' escapades. The one time that you stole Old Man MacGuffin's petrified toad collection. All six of his toads. Toad you open the box and you look at it and there's six toads in the box made of stone. And you smile fondly. However, it does not calm the place in your heart that is restless. And you think... Maybe, maybe there's something more. Maybe I need to talk to someone. And so you think about the one person in all of MacGuffin that was always the kindness to you as a kid. And so now you got to choose. Go to session 1.3, old friend. You got to choose where you're gonna, whether you're going to go to Chekhov's lighthouse to talk with Chekhov or if you're going to go to Deus Ex Machinas. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I couldn't. I, yeah, I know. It was intentional. But... <laughs> I'm pretending Uncle Grandpa does not know how to pronounce Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to. Oh, I really bad want to do Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> to hear him keep saying it. But we got to keep our rating, so I'm gonna go to the lighthouse. <laughs> this uh, episode of Chaos and Dragons has not been brought to you by Milkbone Dog Treats. If you have a dog and you like them, get Milkbone Dog Treats because they're already getting it from your delivery drivers. I know this because I am a FedEx delivery driver and every driver I know uses Milkbone dog treats. Milkbone, if you're out there, please consider promoting us. Once again, this is not sponsored by Milkbone, but we would love to be. <laughs> what?